Loaded Bases, episode 22. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope everyone is uh, enjoying that family time. Make memories and eat lots of good food. So, 2020 has been a roller coaster year. There's been lots of firsts as well in the game of baseball. Like just for this year, women in baseball is a huge thing. Alyssa Nakin, first MLB woman to coach on the field. Jessica Mendoza, the first female World Series analyst. And the most recent one, Kim Ng being the very first female GM. So let me tell you a quick little story about myself. And why this is very important to me. So I grew up with a single mother. And she worked her absolute butt off for us as a family. And there was lots of people that probably doubted her. But I knew that she had to do what she had to do to make it happen. This world would not go around without women. So this episode I'm very excited and my guest today she is one of those women who is working her way up through the industry and making a big name for herself loaded bases bridget mulcahy how's it going hi thanks for having me on so what do you do so what do you consider yourself in this industry what do you do I do um, a lot of different things. I have um, working in baseball in college. I went to UC Davis. I'm Sacramento, California area. Nice. And while I was there, I started working for the athletics program. Um, it's a Division One um, athletic school. So I was working for our basketball team. Um, and then we also were doing stuff with the baseball program. So I would handle a lot of the marketing and promotions during the game um, nice. and with a lot of the sponsors um, around the town and just stuff like that. A lot of office work and, um, you know, we'd work with the mask, mm-hmm. you know, really the student body involved in the teams. That's like super important part. Oh yeah. Um, you know, especially if you don't go to a huge football school um, like UC Davis is certainly focused on academics and research and things like that. And so we would really, um, body to support uh, our team so from there um, I applied for an internship uh, position for the summer um, with the Giants in San Mm -hmm. Francisco and um, you know I grew up being a huge fan of them so I just kind of by happenstance was like yeah I would love to do this I don't know if I'm qualified or but they seem to be looking for you know I ended up getting how to do interviews in San Francisco and um, so I worked in the Sacramento area for them um, for this position, as well as on game days at AT&T Park, um, which is now Oracle Park. Yep. And I um, did a lot of events. Um, one of the main ones was the Giant Race Marathon, um, which is a, a kind of a fundraising event that they put on in different cities. Um, and then I also worked um, for a glove drive um, with um, who purchased um, gloves for young baseball players. Um, so that, those were really two uh, cool experiences that I got to do there. And um, from there, I just kind of kept rolling with it. And yeah. I 
got to go to the East Coast and see some Cape Cod baseball and work in yeah, see, Rhode that's, Island. That's um, the for, summer league to go go to. Yes, it is. It is the premier um, collegiate wood bat league back there. And um, as well as in um, Rhode Island, they have mm-hmm. the NECBL there. So I worked for the Gulls and I was the marketing director for them. And it's just, it's a really like quintessential American, you know, experience oh, to watch sure. baseball back there. And I was it was super sad with everything that went on this year that that was one thing that they couldn't make, you know, happen even in any capacity, because it's just a shame for the the kids and the communities that they didn't have um, baseball there. But um, yeah, so those were all really cool things that I've got to do because of baseball. And um, all of these are kind of interconnected in the way that I've always um, loved being creative. I love mm-hmm. to write. I, of course, have my blog, Cheap Little Swing, and then yep. I um, love doing marketing. So right now, my the day-to-day job is in the marketing and PR world, kind of in um, travel, food, and just some of my other passions that are um, not baseball, but yeah. it's all kind of connected. So, <laughs> so yeah, it, no, it, 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 like there's way more things that connect to baseball than I guess that we can think of. I mean, like you said, like, well, and say like, as with the podcast, mine's marketing and baseball. And I feel that those two go hand to hand. And I mean, like, cause you can pretty much do anything with marketing. And then especially like with your passions, like you said, like baseball, and then you have your blog. And then I know that you also uh, love to bake and I see all that like on your social medias and I do. Yeah. So it's, it, it's pretty much, you can connect marketing with everything. Yeah, it's so important. And now we see, um, which is something I've kind of talked um, a lot more about recently because we're seeing mm-hmm. it a lot more on social media, but athletes getting involved with marketing for themselves yes, and yes. like connecting with brands and doing brand deals and stuff. But that it is really huge. is so important. Um, but I just think with that comes a lot of, um, you know, not I would say problems, but it's just really important. I would stress to just keep your authenticity because it can be yeah. kind of easy to get caught up into all of that and kind of lose that about yourself and like just oh, kind definitely. of take things on that maybe you wouldn't, you know, just for the sake of it. So I think it's important to really find what you're passionate about and then just go from there and go with projects that um, are important to you and that you really love. Oh yeah. Like for sure. I mean, like is like with the, your brand and say, like, cause you're branding yourself with your blog. So how did you start cheap little swings? Yeah, so I started that about three three or so years ago. Um, it was just came from my love and passion for baseball, but I didn't really have a way to share all my thoughts mm-hmm. and things I wanted to say about what was going on in the game, whether that was little changes that the league was making, um, my thoughts on that, or whether that was a certain game in the playoffs, um, or really anything, like I said, that is going on in the moment. Um, I wanted to give my commentary on it, but Twitter, of course, limits kind of, that's just like a one yeah. certain platform and it obviously has a just like a really different thing, I feel like. Definitely. So I really need to create something I can make a longer post um, in kind of the format I'm used to. Like I said, I have done a lot of creative writing um, and was a minor, so it's something I really love. And so I wanted Mm -hmm. to just kind of get my words out there and my thoughts. And um, so, yeah, I started it and I've always really loved um, the old era of of baseball, like forties, fifties, sixties, like that period. 
and also for music and movies and such. I love that era as well. So I kind of wanted my brand to reflect. So my like logo and a lot of things I post on there um, stemming from that is very like old vibe. I call it old school millennial. And that is kind of like my (laughs) my tagline. So thank you. I like that. So because I can definitely agree that back then baseball I feel is more authentic than it is now if that makes yeah kind of makes sense yeah I mean it was just it was so different in you know a lot of aspects but um I just think that era in particular my grandfather actually is from New York and Mm -hmm. he grew up loving the Yankees and going to Yankee Stadium as a young boy but those uh players that like he worshipped and watch during that time I mean they were really cultural icons and just superstars you know being that they were in New York and the nightlife and the kind of like the super fandom of like being a baseball player at that time as for a star I mean it was just like unlike really anything else that we really haven't seen you know since Mm -hmm. so I think that is just so cool to look back at that well I mean like it's it's definitely a I mean, a big standpoint in baseball. Well, I mean, like, I'd say, was it numbers like one through 10 at least are all retired by the Yankees only because, like you mm-hmm. said, they're all legends. And I mean, if there was a Mount yes. Rushmore for baseball, probably about half of those numbers would be on there. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so mad because I never got <laughs> to go to the original Yankee Stadium. Oh, really? Um, and I, ha- I haven't been to the new one either, but um, I'm really bummed that I didn't get to go to the old one just because um, the way people talk about it, you know, yeah. is, you know, the baseball's cathedral and just, Definitely. you know, it was so like magical and stuff. I think the new one people, I- I've heard like mixed things about it, even yep. from like East fans, um, but, um, you know, some other ones ones I really love Fenway which is obviously very historic I've yep. been there at least so I've, never um, been to, I've been to some others that have a lot of history behind them but so yeah uh I mean I guess that would be like if if they tore down Wrigley Field and they made a new one I mean I wouldn't know what to do yeah well I mean like I'm a Cubs fan so I mean it's possible weird. yeah I don't don't say it's possible because I'd really hope that that's not possible. I know, I know. I actually um, recently it was around like Halloween, but I was like reading mm-hmm. some cool like haunted baseball stories. Yeah. Um, and one of them was actually about like so much hysteria and about like former players and like security guards like hearing you know the bullpen phone ringing mysteriously, like stuff like that so that's the kind of thing where it's like you don't want to tear something down because there's oh, just no like way. so much there you know and yeah it's special on my list of favorite stadiums honestly AT&T is probably on my top three that is one of the most beautiful stadiums I like I've been to yeah Definitely. I, um, when I was on the East coast, like I said, working in baseball, um, Mm -hmm. it was the summer after I graduated, I got to go to quite a few. So I knocked uh, quite a few off of my, my bucket list, but, Mm -hmm. um, I really loved PNC park in Pittsburgh. So that's up there for me. Yeah. So that's like in my top three, I would say just because it's kind of similar to Oracle. Mm -hmm. Um, so it has that aspect of it and then it has the beautiful skyline and, it was just a really awesome weekend I was there. So 
Um, yeah. I really enjoyed that as well. It, it, uh, like, so when I was down in San Francisco, it, it was in, uh, 2017, I believe. Yeah. And the Cubs were in town. So I flew down there and so I had to go watch the game. And, uh, there was, there was one thing that stood out the most and it was, there was a female announcer and I really thought that was one of the most cool vibes like in a baseball stadium. It was, it was different. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, Rennell, Rennell Brooks Moon is her name and she's awesome. Yeah. She would be, Mm -hmm. uh, that would be one person I guess like I would love to meet. I mean, she changed, I mean, like how, yeah, she's really cool. I've gotten the chance to meet her and she's cool. With today's day and age, what do you think is one of like the hardships of being a woman in sports? Yeah, I would say um, there's many different things. And, you know, luckily I've had really mm-hmm. great experiences only really working in the minor leagues. I've covered um, um, you know, from like working at the Oracle Park. So yeah. at the major league level, um, I've had great experiences. But um, I would just say, you know, feeling a bit out of place. Um, I think even if you're a man, you know, coming into the baseball world in the sports industry, you would find that as well. Just, you know, being new um, and kind of feeling like you're a fish out of water feeling. But I suppose being a woman, because I'm surrounded by a lot of older gentlemen, especially scouts um, in my time when I've had to um, be around a lot of scouts. I've done scouting in the fall league and in different capacities. So I'm, you know, kind of, um, I stand out obviously being a woman in those situations and in those scenarios. So, um, just feeling like I kind of have to prove myself, but I also feel like that is a big motivator. So it's not necessarily a negative thing. Um, just because I feel like I am knowledgeable about, about baseball and I know that I'm confident in it. And so I don't, you know, feel like if I, um, you know, I don't feel like uh, my opinion is stifled, you know, so to speak. So I, mm. I'm confident speaking up or giving my opinion on something. And I, I recognize that the others around me will respect me for it. And um, oftentimes they're surprised and then they kind of like, you know, sit up in their chair a little bit. And then they think, you know, you can see on their face, they're like, wow, like she actually like knows what she's talking about. Like, that's awesome. And then kind of take it, we take it from there and like have a conversation and, it's awesome. So, um, I think that's like been a really, really cool thing is just seeing how, um, the conversation has changed in baseball when it comes to women working, mm-hmm. um, in different capacities and just seeing, um, kind of like those relationships of, um, over time. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I'd say, cause I was raised in a very, uh, like women strong family. That's I awesome. Was, I was raised by a single mother and I mean, like, well, like, so now she's a art teacher. And then, so, and then my, my grandma's side of the family, so they're from Chicago. And then, uh, so my great grandma, she was, uh, so someone told her that she couldn't get a college degree. So she decided to be one of the first women uh, to go get a doctorate just because she was told by a man that she couldn't do it. So she went and did it anyways. So I have That's awesome. Yeah. from like, I'm like from like the top down, like it doesn't matter. Like you can do things just as good, if not better. And that's yeah, exactly. Awesome. That this whole industry should be. 
Yeah. That's definitely a big motivator. And it's like pushed me the times Mm -hmm. that I did feel like I was, you know, doubted in any way. So, um, yeah, kudos to her. That is really, really awesome. Yeah. She's, she's a, she's a saint in my books for sure. (laughs) That is so so cool. Yeah. I, Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go, go, go. You're good. I was just going to say, I feel the same way. Like I think grandparents and, you know, moms and dads and grandparents are so Mm -hmm. inspiring people, um, you know, our age, um, to go out and like achieve their goals and their dreams and whatever they want. And they're like really people that we look to, you know, for that. And like their stories, like I said, my grandfather being from New York, he played baseball himself, but he is um, a large part of why I love baseball. So I think it's just cool. Like hearing, you know, what your family did and just thinking about, you know, anyone listening, like your own family, like taking those stories and experiences that they had and kind of applying it to your own life. Um, as motivation. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, like, is there's, I think that that's like one of the big things I like doing, like on a podcast is like hearing like other people's stories and like what motivates them, then like what gets them through the day. I mean, like if they feel down or if they struck out or something, they, I mean, that there's always someone or something to motivate them. And definitely grandparents, they're the best things ever. Yes. <laughs> and they just have great funny, like back in the day stories and like <laughs> jokes that like you just yes. don't hear anymore. You know, sometimes my, my grandpa will say something or my Nona, she's from Italy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Or like, what does that even mean? And it's like something that we don't use anymore, you know, yeah. whether that's like slang or whatever it is, but like, yeah. So it's just funny to hear like how things change. And I have a little brother and he's six years old. So, and then, uh, so, Grandma was watching a movie with him and they were in like a movie. They were in the schoolhouse and they had chalkboards and books. And then he asked her what they're doing. And then she goes, well, they're, they're at school. And then he was like, uh, that's impossible because they didn't have technology. And then she's just like, <laughs> they actually did that back in the day. And just I know, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> so who, who would you say would be your favorite old time baseball player? That is an easy question. I don't know <laughs> if you know this already, yes, but it's easy for me to answer. It's Mickey Mantle. And why is that? <laughs> um, for many reasons, but I probably own I have a big baseball library Mm -hmm. um, collection of books, like autobiographies, but also magazines, um, just different things that I've, you know, collected either at libraries or from online. Um, And yeah, and so I have probably over 60 or 70 titles and artifacts of Mickey Mantle. So I have a pretty big collection of his. So that's why I say he, I think, takes the cake for my favorite. But um, he you know, just as a big inspiration to me, like I said, I think my grandfather having grown up in the time that he did and, Mm -hmm. you know, watching him play, um, really impacted me and like hearing his stories of Mickey Mantle, whether that be seeing him in person, listening on the radio, um, and just how he talks about him, if that makes sense, not just the stories themselves, but just like how impactful he was to American culture and the star that he was. Um, I just think it's so neat and like everything I, I love reading everything about him and all, you know, the good and the bad, everything in Mm -hmm. between. And I think it's so 
great that we can look at someone like that as like a complete person. And although he was such a hero in the baseball world, that he also had his own flaws and, you know, really is uh, some, something you can say like, yeah, no one is perfect, but you know, how many people could say that his, that your greatest moments were as good as his, you know? So, I mean, he was just such a magnificent baseball player um, and really important to society as well. Yeah. It's, Actually, who who do you think would be the most comparable modern day player to Mickey Mantle? If you had, to I think one? a lot of people say Mike Trout. Yep, probably. That's what I would say. Um, just in, I mean, uh, yeah, in terms of his, yeah, his numbers and uh, so far in his career, at least, you know, I mean, obviously Mike Trout hasn't had the postseason experience that Mickey Mantle has had in the success there, but <laughs> yeah, he's um, very, he's very. I far think in terms one. of everything else, he'd be the most comparable. Yeah, maybe if he was if he was on the Yankees, he uh, meant a lot. That I mean, that would be. I don't know if that would even be fair. If I mean, if you put Trout on the yeah, I, well, I mean, they would have to give up like you can't everyone. you couldn't have Stanton, Judge, and Trout. I mean, you'd have you'd have to take one of those out <laughs> that would of be the equation. Insane. But but I mean, <laughs> you never know on that one. You never know on that one. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> See, so uh, so besides, maybe he'll end up with the Mets or something. <laughs> ooh, well, I mean, I mean, I think I just have a feeling he's gonna stay where he's at because he's making uh, forty million a year. Yes, yeah, probably. 40. I was just saying that because of the recent like um, ownership, you know, true. with the Mets and that how they're really true. gonna go out and spend a lot of money. So, well, they're gonna have to <laughs> spend every penny everywhere to get Mike Trout. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think it was a pretty successful, it was weird. I was talking about this with someone the other day, but it, I was at spring training actually mm-hmm. in Scottsdale, Arizona. I actually worked there the past few years. Um, and then I was there again this year, but, um, everything kind of shut down, um, in about the second week of March there, but it was really just, it was awful. It was probably one of the worst weeks of my life. Oh, I bet. Um, just like the, the emotional roller coaster of seeing all the players and seeing everyone finding out, you know, that it was getting shut down and then people leaving and kind of just in panic mode and yeah. not knowing what was going on and what the future was going to hold, you know, and everything was just tumbling down all at once. And then there was that long, you know, nothing period, really. It was yep. the quarantine period and it felt so Everyone was so trying to figure long. out like what was going to happen, like if yeah, it was like, or what. Like March through June felt like a whole entire year. Like, that's how slow I feel <laughs> like it went because everyone was just inside, you know. But yep. then once things started picking up in July, I feel like ever since then, it's the year has gone by really, really fast. So I'm like, I can't believe that it's, you know, going to be December soon yep. and the Christmas. and Yeah, it, it uh, say... Like, if you think about all the way from now since spring training, it feels forever. I mean, the whole season pretty much flew by, and it was, yeah. I mean, 60 games is not enough. That is not enough baseball for me for one year. I know, yeah. I think they were just really hot. I mean, it was such a long, ongoing negotiation period. Yeah. Um. And it was very like, you know, heated and intense, like at times with the media and everyone on social media, you know, giving their input and such. But I think everyone was just really happy to get back on the field, you know, doing what they love again. And no matter if it was like, you know, 60 games or 
you know, a full season. They just yeah. wanted to get back out there. So I think they're pretty happy with that. They were able to accomplish it, it with like very little, you know, drama and not a ton of like COVID, <laughs> yeah. you know, nothing too chaotic. So um, that, I think that was a success. Definitely. Well, I mean, I think the most chaotic moment of the whole season was when, well, actually the very last game, when Justin Turner mm-hmm. had had COVID and then he, he still played, then they took him out yeah. and it was just like everything went, everything was like holy crap, like what's happening? And then social media blew up. Yeah, and they were still playing the game and it was just, I mean, like people forgot that the Dodgers even won the World Series because of like all the drama. Like that was I know, happening. I know. <laughs> it's interesting what like everyone wants to focus on, you know, yeah. and, like the media and everything like that, but. Um, yeah, I mean, there was what else I would say, like the few, you know, COVID issues that kind of were happening mm-hmm. when like getting used to all the protocols um, during the season, that was pretty difficult. And, you know, um, and then also they had to move a few games and postpone a few yeah. um, because of the fires in California. So the Giants actually had to um, kind of move things around a little bit at the end there um, when we were playing the Mariners, I believe it yep. was because yep. of the fires. So yeah, I'll see. that, yeah, that was like on top of too. everything else. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was crazy, you know, for a while there. So it was say, uh, yeah, because so like Seattle was all smoked out, and then mm-hmm. they went, even down to San Diego. Yes, it was, it was bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then like the people on the. And then, like, the teams on, like, the East Coast are just like, hey, like, that that sucks for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> but we only have to travel, like, 100 miles, like, for, like, all of our games. Uh-huh. And then, like, all, like, the AL West teams have to travel across, like, the country like, to go play. I know. I know. Yeah. That is weird how it's going to, like, I don't know. I mean, the schedule's obviously been released for this coming season. We'll see, mm-hmm. you know, what happens depending on – you know, the vaccine should be fully, you know, out by then, I hope, and everything hope. will be somewhat back to normal. Yeah. But, um, you know, just like traveling again will be interesting um, because, you know, it will be back to normal in terms of teams will be flying across the country to play opponents yep. and such rather than this year, which was very limited in terms of where, you know, they went. But that's that's what they're all used to. And I think everyone wants to get back to that. So, yeah, I I had a... I had an idea. So like to rent one of like the big, um, uh, what are they called? Uh, it's like a boom truck. So I could put myself like, in that and then go up so I can watch the mayor's game <laughs> from that in. And, uh, but I decided against that cause I didn't think that they would even let me do that. <laughs> I know people were getting creative this year in terms of how they were trying to watch drones watch their teams <laughs> they had drone delay yeah this yeah year. i yeah i remember that happened yeah <laughs> no there's a i don't i don't know what 2021 is gonna bring it's gonna be pretty pretty insane i think i mean i know I, yeah i hope Hopefully, not as bad I, mean, I think people yeah i think people are thinking positively and it's kind of almost like you know, how bad, how much worse could it get than 2020? So I think if you I wouldn't say like that. that, it should, it I'll should be, it should be a wood. better year, I would say, but we knock will see. We will see. I yeah. watched zero live baseball games this year. So it's been, 
pretty long year. Oh wow! Yeah, I was I was lucky. <laughs> I got to see some live baseball this year, so I'm one of the lucky few. <laughs> that is true. Well, I mean, unless you went to one one of the World Series games, which that was. I was looking at oh, that. Oh, I wish that would have been awesome. Yeah. I was looking at that, and not, but I don't think I could uh, just pull that out. I yeah, I know. Hopefully, I can get to see the new Global Life Field at some point. Oh, for sure. Soon, yeah, that would be really awesome. It looks it looks really neat. Let's uh, wrap it up a little bit. So, Bridget, what would you say to a high school girl who wants to work in the sports industry? but she is scared to do it. What would you say? I would just say go for it and stay true to who you are. I think that's one of the most important things um, really with anything, but especially working in the sports industry. Um, like I said, especially you need to just have confidence in yourself and, um, you know, really find a niche for yourself. If, you know, you think maybe, oh, how am I for women and men are vying for these positions um you know why would they choose me it's easy to get down on yourself but just think about what makes you different and mm -hmm. why you're passionate about whatever sport it is and just really um capitalize on that and stay true to who you, to who you are and you'll be fine there you go thank you so much oh thank you so much for having me on and asking me all the questions and um, getting to know you a little bit more and yeah thank you so much big thank you to Bridget super excited to see all your content your blogs your posts on Instagram and Twitter do amazing stuff as always huge thank you to Routine Baseball for many of the apparel I wear throughout the episodes Routine Baseball has got to be covered they started out of a basement producing teas, and now they're shipping apparel and accessories across the globe. And that's it for this one. Hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Oh. Go Cubs.